3: All right, we'll get to the MGM National Harbor, hopefully momentarily, with Warren Sharp, the mad scientist, and spend the hour with him at the BetMGM Sportsbook there, going over tonight's game and every game and all the inside skinny for Sunday's action. But right now, Carver High, I think you got a little time. Maybe we do the sheet of integrity right here and now.
4: Uh, yeah, you know what? Let's do that. Uh, we could skip up ahead and let's get it in so that we make sure that we have it. The win total sheet of integrity for this season. Of course, we've been very good with these the last couple of years, Scotty, both in uh, NFL and MLB. Uh, here it is. Uh, a big card this year. I usually go seven. Seven teams we're going to do. Seven plays for the win totals. Colts under the six and a half. I just can't see Anthony Richardson winning seven games in his rookie season. I'm with you on the Giants, Scotty. I think they're better than last year. Number seven and a half? I think they can get to nine or 10 wins over seven and a half at minus 104. I'm not a believer yet in Justin Fields. We're going under the seven and a half for the Chicago Bears. I'm going after the Niners, Scotty. Uh, probably gonna burn me, but I'm gonna take my shot uh, that Brock Montana isn't actually Montana. Uh, and so I'm gonna go under the 10 and a half against the Niners. I'll probably still win the West with 10 wins, but I'm gonna give it a shot. The Jets, under nine and a half at even money. Not a believer as well. I don't think that they're a 40 year old quarterback away uh, from winning the Super Bowl. Falcons over 8.5. I've loved that for months. And Washington under 6.5. <laughs> hey, what, the owner said it today, right? Ron's got to win some games uh, down there in Washington this year, Scotty. He's Ron's toast. Games. He's not going to. He's toast. toast.
3: The sheet of right, integrity look, uh, for this season. I think Sam Howells looked pretty good. I'll give you that. I WORRY ABOUT THE REST OF THAT TEAM. DO YOU REMEMBER, IT WAS LIKE THREE YEARS AGO, LITERALLY, THAT THEY SAID THAT THEY HAD THE BEST DEFENSE IN FOOTBALL. AND THAT TEAM HASN'T SNIFFED THE POSTSEASON IN FOREVER. I DON'T WANT TO HEAR IT. I'M NOT BUYING THAT FOR ONE MINUTE THAT THEY'RE GOOD BECAUSE, WHAT, uh, THEY HAVE A NEW OWNER? Uh, YOU KNOW, DANIEL SNYDER HAD MORE MONEY THAN GOD. WHAT DID THAT HAVE TO DO WITH THEM WINNING OR LOSING? Nothing. I don't care who the owner is. You're either good or you aren't. They're not good. I think it's last uh, rights for Ron Rivera in DC. I could be Ron, but I'm not feeling it either.
4: I am not. Uh, so there you go. Uh, often we go with the win total sheet of integrity. A few other things. Lamar Jackson feels better than ever after his knee injury recovery. I'll believe it, uh, Scotty, when he's playing after Thanksgiving, right? Uh, can this year? Can he play the whole season this year? I think that's the biggest question mark for me. I think they're gonna score points if he's healthy, but can he play after Thanksgiving like he hasn't the last two years? Can he actually finish a season, Lamar Jackson?
3: Well, you know, I'm with you. Uh, I'm sorry, Uh, he just misses too much time. And uh, while I'm at it, I'll put uh, Odell Beckham in the same bucket. Uh, Here's a guy that everyone is so afraid of and he's so dangerous. I get it, he was dangerous. And is capable of being dangerous, and he's also more than capable of blowing out his knees again. I mean, the guy is always injured. So no one denies his talent. I deny his viability. Uh, I deny his availability. Uh, all I know is is that I don't trust either one of them. I don't argue with that Lamar's a great player when he plays. AND I ALSO HAVE HAD THIS CONVERSATION WITH YOU OVER AND OVER. THEY GOT THE Steelers IN DEAD LAST. Uh, IT'S JUST, YOU KNOW, JOEY uh, BURROW'S WORLD. AND, YOU KNOW, AND THEN EVERYONE ELSE IS LIKE, I HEARD SOMEONE, today THEY ACTUALLY SAY RAVENS AND NINERS IN THE SUPER BOWL AGAIN? THAT'S NOT HAPPENING EITHER. OKAY? THEY'RE NOT THAT GOOD. (laughs) LIKE, LET'S CALM DOWN. DID THEY MAKE THE PLAYOFFS? NO. But they got him back, so suddenly they're going to the Super Bowl. Suddenly he's the MVP. I I don't want to hear it. I I really don't. I've been been listening to that garbage every year. It's the same thing every year over and over. All right, let's go to the uh, MGM National Harbor and hook up with the mad scientist. We've got him Warren Sharp styling per usual on a Thursday C2C It's pain day, Warren, opening night in the NFL at Arrowhead Chiefs and Lions. It doesn't get any better than this. We have no audio. We have no audio. All right, we'll get back to Warren. I want to go back to Mike Carver, and they'll figure that out down there, I'm sure, and we'll get him on the next segment. Uh, Tell me about the number one overall picks uh, not faring well in week one.
4: No, they have not. Of course, Bryce Young will be doing that for Carolina this week when he starts against Atlanta. Since 2003, Scotty, quarterbacks drafted number one overall, o 13 and one straight up, one and 13 against the spread in their first start. Only 25 percent of the money is on the Panthers at plus three and a half. Uh, the half does worry me, but. I think the Falcons will win, and I think this trend will continue.
3: Yeah, and we welcome our radio affiliates, Sirius XM Channel 159 Sports Byline and their radio affiliates. It's coast to coast on a Thursday, and uh, I'm Pharrell in New York City along with Carver High. So uh, we'll get to Warren Sharp uh, momentarily down at MGM National Harbor. Don't sweat it. We'll get all the games in. We'll get all of his skinny. There's nothing to fret. Uh, I'll say this. I think he's going to learn the hard way, too. That's the way it works in the NFL. This isn't uh, Tuscaloosa. This isn't, oh, I'm on a team with nothing but five-star recruits at every position, three deep at every position. This is guys playing for paychecks, and there are the haves and have-nots. And uh, most rookie quarterbacks have to learn the hard way. We've seen it with all of them. Don't tell me Justin Fields isn't learning the hard way in Chicago. It goes on and on. I thought Kenny Pickett did well at the end of the season. When he first came on, he struggled. And you could say that about any quarterback. I like the Falcons as a sleeper this year with Bijan. And then Patterson continues to score touchdowns. I think Ritter's going to turn into something. And I think Art Smith is actually uh, a good coach. I know his personality's a little plaid. Uh, He can be a D to the media, and it is what it is. So be it. If that's what you want to portray, have at it. But I think the uh, Falcons-Panther game, uh, I'm on Atlanta as well. But I got to tell you, I'm I'm very, you know, leery of saying they're going to be good because I don't think the Falcons have been good at all. So, like, putting them in a good basket is like – uh, picking rotten fruit out to put in your basket at the store and thinking it's not going to uh, taste rotten when you bite into it.
4: Yeah, I think it's tough for all three of these guys. I mean, Carolina's win total 7.5. I think that's a lot for Bryce to get to. And as I saw in mine, I mean, the Texans, C.J. Stroud, 6.5. Richardson, 6.5. I don't think any of them are going to get over their win totals this year. I think it's going to be very tough for all three rookies that are going to start out of the gate.
3: You know Richardson looks like King Henry to me with his size and his and his rip. He's so shredded. He looks to me like a gigantic running back. Uh, I never really believed that he was a great quarterback at Florida, and he didn't play enough at quarterback for me to buy that he's going to do anything with that crappy team in Indy.
0: VR training
5: platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
2: As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop.
5: Learn more at Meta.com slash Metaverse Impact.
1: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Races you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
3: Our lead analyst is Warren Sharp. He's a badass. Every week last year on Thursdays, he came on this show and literally threw the gauntlet on NFL Skinny like literally no other. Like, no other person in the business can touch this guy. He's the best. And we've got him on SportsGrid. Warren, uh, let's dance. We got a lot to do here. Because I know in the first segment, there were chicks screaming at you. So, SportsGrid turned off the mics. As usual, women attacking you on the set. We can't have it. So I said, cut the mics, go back to Carver. Now we've had all those women wrangled up and thrown out of the bar and sent back to the slot machines. And now I need you to talk Lions cheese
6: I, I love the. I love this game. I'm very disappointed that we're not going to see Travis Kelsey. I don't think that we will. I personally think they're going to make a smart decision and not play him. Even if he were to play, I don't think he would be at 100%. We'll see what ends up happening. I think the total, once he gets announced out, will be bet even lower. Um, It's a big absence because that was the go-to guy, especially when you play a lot of man coverage and you play a lot of blitzes. Patrick Mahomes loved to throw the ball at the highest rate to Travis Kelsey, even higher than he did against zone, even higher than he did when the defense wasn't blitzing. And as a result, they're going to miss that. Now they're going to tweak some things and they're going to have other opportunities for success. But one of the things that Andy Reid does so well is he He prepares his team, especially when he's got extra time. And now they're gonna have to go out different game plan here. They had to come up with a different game plan just a couple of days ago. Uh, so not an ideal circumstance for them. On the other side of the ball, I think there's a lot of opportunities here for the Detroit Lions on the ground without Chris Jones through the air with these short passes. We'll talk momentarily about a prop that I love for this game, uh, but I definitely think that we're going to have a lot of success on the underneath passing from Jared Goff. I think he's going to get rid of the ball quickly enough. This offensive line is really underrated for the Detroit Lions, and I think that they're going to be able to do their fair share to score some points. That's why it does not shock me at all to see this side be bet down as low as it has, Scott. Because I think the Lions are going to be able to put up some points here. I thought the game would go over the total if Travis Kelsey was there. I love the over at 54, but now that it looks like Kelsey's not going to be there, I do have my concerns.
3: So earlier, uh, my guy, Marenzi, who I do NFL Sundays with on in-game Live access, said he thinks Gibbs will be a big player here underneath uh, and catching more than three and a half passes. Are you with that?
6: Yes, I am. Uh, That's not the exact prop, but I do like Gibbs in the receiving department. We know that the coaching staff has alluded to they're going to utilize him unlike anything that we've seen before. So I'm really excited to see that. I love when coaches come out with new game plans, new schemes, and experiment a little bit. Don't show us the same old, same old. Make it hard for their opponent. I'm excited to see what that looks like. But absolutely, I mean, there's been, for four years, the Kansas City Chiefs have really struggled to defend running backs out of the backfield. This is nothing new for them. Uh, But I think that they're going to have some interesting things cooked up with a very thin wide receiving core that we're going to be able to see Gibbs used in multiple positions across the offense aligned in various different positions. And I think he should be targeted frequently out of the backfield.
3: How much does Jones absence kill him? And remember, we've talked about this defense for the last few years uh, that they Give up a lot and they're not as good as everybody thinks. They are. And then they keep winning Super Bowls. They play great defense when it matters in January and February.
6: They do. Steve Spagnolo is excellent at adapting his coaching and how he wants to deploy his personnel to what this team does best uh, defensively. But they usually get into that groove later on in the season. They don't typically right. start out the gate super hot in that regard. Chris Jones, obviously we know the stats. I mean, he's uh, a guy in the middle who's very solid against the run, but he makes his money and he's going to get paid uh, through what he does in the pass game and how he disrupts quarterbacks. They have the number one pressure rate when he's out on the field drops. So I think like 25th when he's not, it's night and day difference. And I think his absence is going to be felt tonight.
3: What about home field this year in the NFL? You think that uh, is a farce almost that it's dwindling.
6: Yeah, home field advantage is dwindling. I wrote an article about it, but just to go through, I mean, home teams, the the odds makers know this and the betters have factored this in as well. And, you know, just like 10 years ago, home field, the average home team was favored by 2.4 points per game. Every single year that has dropped down to 2.2, down to 2.0, down to 1.9. This past year, home field advantage, the average home team was favored by only 1.4 points. That is the reason that we saw home teams cover and do a little bit better last year. We saw for the first year since like 2018, home teams covered the spread at a rate above 50%. It was because the lines have gotten shorter, not because home teams are better, but because the lines have adjusted so much that they potentially over-adjusted. What does that mean for you as you're looking to bet on some of these games? It means that maybe there are some chances for you to get an advantage backing a home team that should be favored by two or three points but is favored by less than that because home field advantage is being baked out of the line a little bit too much.
3: That's crazy. So how about Watson and Dobbs have hamstring tweaks? How much does that affect the Packers going against the Bears with their new quarterback love?
6: I think it potentially could affect them a lot. I think Dobbs came back to practice today, Watson still another day without practicing. I do love the fact, though, that last year the Chicago Bears ranked 31st in pressure rate on opposing quarterbacks. And so far this preseason, there was not a quarterback. I think he was third best out of, like, 50 quarterbacks in terms of pressure rates. They were not getting after Jordan Love very much this preseason. His offensive line, and Bakhtiari says that he's going to play, they did a great job of helping uh, Jordan Love maintain himself and stay upright, and that's a big factor for a young quarterback. It's the exact opposite of what's happening with Justin Fields. The one good thing about both of these teams, though, for these young quarterbacks and less experienced quarterbacks is that I believe both teams are going to have a ton of success running the football. Last season, the Bears running backs, I took out Justin Fields from this entirely, just the Bears running backs averaged 6.7 yards per carry and 242 total rushing yards in their games against the Green Bay Packers. That was the most that they did of any opponent this season. And the Packers, they themselves averaged uh, 5.2 yards per carry running the football with their running backs and totaled 318 yards rushing against the Chicago Bears. Both these teams are going to be able to run the football, in my opinion, with their backs. It's going to come down to which quarterback is less pressured and which quarterback executes better. I do think that Jordan Love is probably going to be less pressured. This is why we are seeing this line tick down as low as we have.
3: All right, Warren, Bengals Browns. Do you believe in uh Joe Burrow's
6: calf? I believe that Joe Burrow is possibly going to especially in the first half of this game be a little bit more cautious on this calf. And I think that potentially could help the Cleveland Browns a little bit here. Keep in mind, last season the Cleveland Browns were absolutely terrible, right? Deshaun Watson was was miserable. However, In the game against the Cincinnati Bengals that they played week 14, it was Watson's second game back uh, from his suspension. And he averaged 9.2 yards per attempt in the first half. It was Stefanski and Stefanski's game planning and play calling in key situations that cost the Cleveland Browns in that first half, forced them to drop into a 10-point deficit. Stefanski and the Browns have historically done really well against the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow has not had a lot of success against the Cleveland Browns. I think that the Browns are in a good position with new defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz to have a lot of success success both on both sides of the football here. I know Watson hasn't looked great. I'm cautiously optimistic. I think this is too many points for the Cleveland Browns to be catching at home in a division rivalry.
3: I'm with you man. I mean they have been the kryptonite for the Bengals and Burrow.
6: They absolutely have, and I do think if he comes out and starts off a little bit cautiously, nobody would, uh, you know, fault him for that. It's a difficult thing. He's missed the whole preseason from it. Maybe he gets into groove in the second half, but there's a chance he starts off a little slow. That's what the Browns need to stay in this game because Lou Anarumo is insane defensively in the second half.
3: We're just getting started with the mad scientist Warren Sharp from the Ben MGM Sportsbook in National Harbor. Don't go anywhere.
0: producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the gulf of mexico it's and not or see what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com investing in america
5: ophthalmologist dr strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts
1: No, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This is a whole new jungle. This is the Lion's Share. Brought to you by BetMGM.
3: And the 1500... First bet offer, which BetMGM is kicking out. It's unbelievable for all new BetMGM Sportsbook account users. How do you get it? Download the app on iOS or Android in the Play Store or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up, deposit at least 10 bucks into your account. Place your first wager. Receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if the bet loses. And if the bet loses, your bonus bets will be available once your initial wager is settled. Check BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Warren Sharp is with us from the MGM National Harbor, as usual on a Thursday, getting ready for the Chiefs and Lions tonight. We continue on. Why don't we go back to Gibbs for a second? Give me the props for Jameer Gibbs tonight in his big debut.
6: We talked about how he might be used out of the backfield and they might have a lot of creative ways to utilize him. I absolutely think that's the case. I think he's going to go over his receiving yards here. And the reason why I believe that is because the Kansas City Chiefs ranked 31st in the NFL last year in receiving production allowed to opposing running backs out of the backfield. And they've ranked 29th or worse the last four years, each of those last four years. Gibbs caught 44 out of 52 targets when he was in college out of the backfield. He averaged 3.3 catches per game. Uh, He's very dynamic with the ball in his hand, and he's very good out of the backfield. We know that amon Ross St. Brown is the number one. We know that they're going to utilize a little bit of Sam Laporta. But who else are they going to mix in there that's going to get a lot of production underneath? And I think on some of those shorter dropbacks, where the Kansas City Chiefs are the worst defense in the NFL on passes, 1 to 10 air yards down the field, feed the under. Underneath passes and Jameer Gibbs can be utilized very effectively in that area. I think he's going to come in here and deliver over 31 and a half receiving yards.
3: So both Warren Sharp and Marenzi big on Gibbs tonight. So you need to pounce on that before this game starts in your prop world betting. Uh, hit it, get it on, get it done. Quit waiting. They're both very high on Gibbs. Let's talk about. The Steelers hosting the Niners. Mr. Bosa got all of his money. He'll be raging from the outside.
6: He will, and that's going to be a big challenge for the Steelers' offensive line. But I'm cautiously optimistic because of the other side of the ball. Think about this, you as a Steelers fan. Pittsburgh Steelers had the 11th most efficient defense last year, and that's despite playing the number two most difficult schedule of offenses and being without T.J. Watt for the vast majority of the season. They've got Watt back. They're going up against Brock Purdy and the Niners. The Steelers was a team. This is a massive strength of schedule mismatch based on our perceptions of both of these teams from last year. Last year, the Steelers played the number three toughest defenses and the number two toughest offenses. Last year, the 49ers played the number 29 toughest defenses and the number 31 toughest offenses. It was just an easy schedule for the Niners, top to bottom, no matter which side of the ball we're talking about. About. I think the Steelers are going to have a little bit more success on both sides of the ball than some people would otherwise think. And one key area where I think they could have some success attacking this Niners defense is a little bit of what we saw this preseason, some explosive passing. The 49ers are the number one pass defense when passes are thrown within 15 yards of the line of scrimmage. But their efficiency last year dropped all the way to number 31 when teams threw the ball 15 plus yards down the field. This is exactly where we could see George Pickens uh, utilize a little bit more. Deontay Johnson utilize a little bit more. Kenny Pickett get the ball out of his hands down the field over the linebackers heads. Take them out of the picture because the 49ers linebackers are elite and try to attack this team. If Pickett has time, I think the Steelers will have some success on some of those explosives down the field.
3: And Fryermuth, you like him as well. What he's been able to do with Pickett last year was one of his favorite targets.
6: I don't disagree whatsoever, but it is a very tough task, a tall order against this Niners defense. Their linebacker play is elite. Their ability to cover tight ends is elite as well. So Friar may start quieter than some people would rather him start, but I do think Fryermouth is going to be a great target for Pickett throughout the season. I just am not high on that matchup, particularly against the Niners.
3: How do you think Bryce is going to do in his debut against Art Smith's Falcons?
6: I am cold on that. I know you guys talked about it at the top of the hour. My main concern is this. The Atlanta Falcons brought in a new defensive coordinator this season, the Saints defensive line coach. And that defensive line coach in New Orleans, that team used a lot of man coverage. And in Atlanta so far this preseason, they are using massively high rates of man coverage. 52% man in preseason they were only 22 percent man last year that was below average why is playing a lot of man a factor it's a factor because this carolina panthers team in bryce young in the preseason had massive splits when they faced man here's a quick rundown on 64 percent of the dropbacks when he faced man this preseason he held the ball for three plus seconds the most of any quarterback in the nfl And their efficiency, his completion rate was only 33%. He was trying to buy time. He was scared. Didn't know what to do with the football. Was very bad against man. Against zone, however, Bryce Young, night and day different. 18% 18% of his dropbacks did he hold the ball for three-plus seconds. He was getting rid of the ball at a faster-than-average rate. He had above-average efficiency. The fact that the Falcons are leaning more into man coverage I think is going to be a hidden factor and a hidden element to this game that not as many people are accounting for. I think it's going to play a difference in this one. I think it helps the Falcons get out to a lead and maintain it. It's smarter
3: to be on Sports Grid. Uh, this guy, Sharp, is just absolutely insane with the skinny he gives you. This is the kind of stuff you don't hear from your drunken friends and all your buddies at work that think they know everything, that are betting all their money on the NFL and losing. Thank God for Warren Sharp. All right, let's um, focus on Jacksonville and the Colts. A lot of people are super hot on Jacksonville, the way they played last year, the run they went on, and I saw the Colts in living color against the Steelers on a Monday night at Indy. And I think they're flat-out terrible, and I do not buy Richardson's going to turn them around, not quickly anyway.
6: Uh, but I would not be so eager to go pounce on the Jacksonville Jaguars week one. I do have questions. This is a team that tends to start off a little bit slower. The the Indianapolis Colts have the same defensive coordinator that they had last season, and what they did last year was they played 80% zone against Trevor Lawrence, and almost 50% of that was cover three zone, and it forced Trevor Lawrence to throw the ball short and underneath. Now, he had a lot of success. I think he completed 48 out of 52 pass attempts. So he was very efficient underneath, but averaged only, uh, totaled only 235 yards per game. That was the most that he ever threw against the Colts last year, thanks to Gus Bradley's defensive schemes here. Uh, The Jacksonville Jaguars offensive line is a little banged up. It could allow the Indianapolis Colts to get some pressure that we might not otherwise suspect that they could get here. I do have questions about Anthony Richardson. I have questions about are they going to be efficient on the ground, but But mark my words, I think Shane Steichen is going to come out with some very creative packages that potentially the Jaguars and nobody else in the NFL has seen thus far this year. And I expect that to kind of change some things up. Will it be enough to keep this game within five points? We will find out. But I wouldn't be running to the window to think that the Jaguars are a surefire lock week one.
3: Yeah, and I don't know about these fancy packages with this kid playing quarterback. Uh, that that's going to work out. Uh, I just have my druthers, whether he's going to be able to handle all of this chaos. This is not uh, the swamp. This is not playing Utah at home in Gainesville. This is the NFL. This is Sunday. I don't care where they played a game. You can't tell me that kid isn't going to be nervous.
6: Well, and he did not have a lot of success this preseason. He was only 13 of 29 passing the football. That's 45% completion rate, average only 5.0 yards per attempt. So Anthony Richardson definitely did not have a great preseason for the Colts. Uh, Every rookie quarterback tends to struggle a little bit in the preseason. So I don't think we get too overly nervous about that. But they are going to have to get some semblance of a run game here. And if they can't get this run game going, if the Jaguars somehow are able to limit what they do on the ground and some of the trick things, and you're forcing Anthony Richardson from a deficit in the second half of this game to drop back and pass the ball like he's a refined pocket quarterback that obviously is going to become a catastrophe for the Indianapolis Colts. So it's vital that they utilize some of this trickery early and hit on some of those plays to either build a slight lead or at least stay competitive in this game or this thing could become problematic in the second half if he's trailing.
3: I actually think he's the only one that can run the ball. They have no Taylor. Their best player, they've uh, upset him clearly and he's not ready to go. I think the most viable guy that could take off, he's so ripped and shredded and athletic, and he's a monster. I said earlier on the show, it reminds me of a little bit of King Henry, how ripped he is and just absolutely an athletic beast. I'm not going to be surprised at all if he takes off and gets a couple first downs running himself.
6: They need to encourage that, and I can tell you, we've we've discussed this before, the most efficient play in all of football is when a quarterback is dropping back to throw the football, and a run lane opens up between defensive lines, and he takes that run lane and goes and gets those yards. If he's encouraged to do that, it should not look bad on him that he's not reading the defense. If he's encouraged by his staff to take those runs, those are going to gain seven, eight yards a pop. Um, At some point, obviously, the Jaguars would have to adapt defensively, put a spot on him etc but those are going to be some efficient plays I don't disagree whatsoever so when we
3: come back we got a lot to hit will the Eagles spoil Tom Brady day in Foxborough how's Tua going to do out in Lipstick City against the Chargers Dallas and the G-man at Snoopy Green Bay we've talked about and the Raiders Broncos in Denver how's Russell and company going to do with John Payton at the helm we got a lot to cover with Warren Sharp from the MGM National Harbor on coast to coast.
2: SportsGrid.com: Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips, 24/7, as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
0: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing.
1: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
3: It's smarter to be on Sports Grid, Obviously, with a guy like Warren Sharp around, our lead NFL analyst, make sure you get the SportsGrid app in iOS or in the Play Store for Android. You're going to love it. It's free. It's got the TV side, the radio side. Follow your favorite host like Warren Sharp. You'll get all of it. You can follow Pharrell, Barbara High, Moran. Anybody you like, you're good to go. Like I said, it's free. You won't be disappointed. Odds, in-game odds, stats, analytics, stories, highlights. It's got it all. Videos, you name it. The app is phenomenal. Go to sportsquit.com slash watch to see all the platforms that we're on. We're with Warren right now from the MGM National Harbor. And why don't we start with the Titans game uh, against the Saints and Derek Carr on Bourbon Street.
6: Yeah, I got a trivia question for you. Which team was the number two seed in the AFC? through the first 11 weeks of the season and I'll give you a hint it's the same exact team that was the number one seed in the AFC at the end of the 2021 season It's the Tennessee Titans nobody would think that but the Titans had the best record of any team in 2021 they beat the Bills and the Chiefs in back-to-back weeks in 2021 2022 they were the number two seed before injuries finally derailed this team down the stretch and they lost I think six straight games to close out the season this This is a good team that is good on both sides of the ball, but obviously has their weaknesses. One of their strengths is their run run defense. Their weakness is the pass defense. They are one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL. I think that that could cause some problems for them at the start of this game, particularly with Chris Olave and the fact that Derek Carr likes to push the ball down the field a little bit. However, if the Saints use that aerial attack to get a lead, I have massive concerns that they will be able to hold on to that lead. That's because last year and for several years, the Saints have been one of the more run-heavy teams in the NFL. Last year, they were the fourth most run-heavy team, and that will be going up against this Titans defense, which is the second-best run defense in the NFL, Scott, and they are doing it without their number one running back, Alvin Kamara. They also might be without one of their rookie backs who was expected to be a contributor. He has not practiced yet this week. Um, And I just do not trust their run game enough to allow them to maintain that distance if they are so fortunate enough to build a lead. I think the Saints are going to be able to run the ball as long as they're staying close and don't become one-dimensional in this game by falling too far behind. And then you have to worry about that pass rush against their weakness, which is their offensive line. I think the Tennessee Titans should have the opportunity to keep this game one score throughout and to get back into a game if they do end up falling behind a little bit. Therefore, I think that they are a very lively underdog here, Scott, catching three points on the road in New Orleans. Um, I think that there are some opportunities here for the Tennessee Titans to start up this season with a win.
3: Wow. Uh, how about that? Uh, in New Orleans at the Superdome. All right, let's talk about the Eagles. Don't tell me you're going to sell me on uh, the Patriots on Tom Brady Day because I think they have looked awful uh, last year, awful in the preseason. I don't gauge the preseason, but they just have not been a good football team. And the Eagles offensively, at the very least, despite losing five starters on defense, offensively, they are very impressive.
6: No, they they obviously are impressive, and I think we're going to find out really quickly how Christian Gonzalez is is as a NFL player in his first game out, because if Bill Belichick ends up matching him up on uh, A.J. Brown, that is going to be a must-see matchup, in my opinion. A.J. Brown gets targeted by Jalen Hurts on 35% of his pass attempts when going up against man coverage. And the New England Patriots utilized man coverage at a top five rate last season, and they utilized it even more thus far this preseason. So we could see a fair amount of man coverage, and that means a lot of targets to A.J. Brown, potentially matched up against rookie Christian Gonzalez. That's going to create some fireworks there. We also know that this man coverage gets the defense. To turn their backs on the quarterback, and a lot of the quarterbacks that are mobile have success running the football against this defense of the Bill Belichick led Patriots. And therefore, Jalen Hurts might have some success as this dual threat quarterback that he always brings to the table uh, in converting some situations into first downs. Uh, But certainly, the money is coming in on the New England Patriots. Uh, They think that the change in offensive coordinator is going to be radical enough to allow the Patriots to have some some semblance of consistency. Maybe utilize a little bit more play action, which Matt Patricia did not know how to utilize for some reason last year. Maybe throw the ball a little bit beyond the line of scrimmage, which they were not doing enough last season. The Philadelphia Eagles have some new players on defense, new faces and a new defensive coordinator. There's some room for some growing pains there as that uh, gets processed. And I think that that is the reason that people are a little bit more high on the New England Patriots and took them as a home underdog here week one.
3: Yeah, I I didn't. (laughs) So Miami and uh, the Chargers at SoFi in Lipstick City, Uh, I think uh, Herbert needs to show up this year, put up big numbers, and they need to do more than they did last year. I thought the end was kind of a car crash.
6: Yeah, it was definitely disappointing with blowing that lead against the Jacksonville Jaguars in the playoffs, and they're poised to do better this year. This was the game, though, Uh, Scott. This is the game that I've been looking forward to the most from a matchup perspective and from a coaching perspective all offseason. The Miami Dolphins are elite attacking right up the middle of the field. Between the numbers, they had the number one passing offense last year and the number three running offense. But outside of the numbers, number 22 in passing and number 28 in running the football last season, season, the L.A. Chargers, Brandon Staley, had a perfect game plan that they stole some things from the 49ers the week before and really slowed down this attack. What will Mike McDaniels counter to that be this upcoming season? Because they were great at playing a lot of close coverage and forcing the Dolphins to utilize the outside the numbers passing, which was not very effective whatsoever. I think that's going to be a big deal here. Now, we know that the Dolphins should have some success running the football will they call enough run plays if Tua is not having success attacking outside of the numbers uh, because the Chargers have one of the worst run defenses in the NFL on the other side of the ball you now have the entrance of Vic Fangio the defense coordinator for the Dolphins brand new this year keep in mind Vic Fangio has a lot of experience with this Chargers offense because he was the head coach of the Denver Broncos went up against the Chargers multiple times saw Justin Herbert up close and had some success and preventing some explosive plays at that point in time. We know that's going to be a little bit more of an emphasis for the Chargers this year. So I'm really curious to see Fangio likes to play back, keep everything in front of him. Do the Chargers get aggressive, still try to hit the ball over the top? Are they satisfied taking underneath? It's going to be a great cat and mouse game on both sides of the ball, in my opinion. This is definitely one that you're going to want to move on to your primary TV to watch how it unfolds in the late slate on Sunday.
3: How do you think the Giants will handle the Cowboys and Snoop?
6: It's going to be a challenge because they got after, the Cowboys got after Daniel Jones all the time early, late, and everything in between in their meetings last season, applying pressure at one of the most ridiculous rates of any team last season on the Giants, and the Giants still have massive questions along the offensive line. As a result, Daniel Jones is under so much pressure that it's hard to do anything but throw the ball short underneath, get rid of it quickly to avoid sacks and negative plays, which was kind of his bugaboo in prior years. was holding onto the ball, and he would fumble it, get strip sacked in the pocket. Improved that a lot last year, but it resulted In these shorter passes. If they don't have enough of an answer, or they can't get protection, or Daniel Jones can't create, scramble around and create something down the field, and he's going to be under constant heat. One way that you can offset a strong pass rush is to run at them. Uh, But we know that the New York Giants, they like to be a pass first offense. So I'm interested to see how they try to attack if the offensive line isn't holding up on the other side of the ball. We know that. We've got a defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale, from the Giants, who's going to send blitzes early and often. And Dak Prescott did great against the blitzes last year when he played the New York Giants. So uh, really it's going to be a matchup of these coaches, the coaching staffs here. Will the Giants' edge in coaching be enough to offset a talent deficiency, which they certainly have on both sides of the ball against the Cowboys?
3: How will Sean Payton's debut go for Denver against Vegas in the mountains?
6: Yeah, I mean, money is rolling in on the Raiders. The Raiders uh, did look... A little bit better than I think we expected them to potentially this preseason, although they're dealing with some off the field issues with Chandler Jones, uh, but that's causing a distraction. But on the field, Jimmy G, I think he's going to have a little bit more success in these shorter to intermediate passes where he excelled and Derek Carr wasn't quite as good. Derek Carr, good deep, Jimmy G, not good deep. Derek Carr, worse underneath. That's where Jimmy G thrives. So we might see Devontae Adams utilize a little bit more, catch a few more targets, but these might be shorter targets rather than targets uh deeper down the field i'm really excited to see what sean payton trots out here we know that this is the single best we talked about home field advantage not meaning as much this is the best home field advantage in the nfl week one in denver mile high the raiders not practicing in at altitude not practicing uh and going as hard as they might be conditioned to go midway through the season, week one. It's a challenge. That's why the Denver Broncos' home record is as good as it is. Their cover rate is as good as it is. I want to say it's like something like 20 and three, 20 and four in the first two weeks of the season uh, when they play at altitude at home. I think it's going to be a challenge for the Raiders, but the Raiders certainly are taking money. We know that the Denver Broncos do not have that depth at the receiver position through a lot of injuries thus far this preseason, and Russell Wilson looked terrible last year so what magic does Sean Payton have up his sleeve and can he utilize it in week one to get something out of this offense or might we see him uh, adapt and get the most out of this team by season's end it's hard to say we'll find out on Sunday
3: how will Baker Mayfield do at Minnesota against the Vikes I
6: mean look as much as I dislike Baker I, I think that this Minnesota Vikings team may struggle to get that pressure. Uh, Dave Canales, their new offense coordinator for the, uh, for the uh, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is capable of designing an offense to get the ball out of his quarterback's hands quickly. That's what Baker's going to need to improve upon because he was terrible at that in years past. We will see if Baker is up to the task. Uh, he actually had a very efficient preseason. Um, if he gets pressured and doesn't dump that ball off quickly enough, then, I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers don't have much of a chance. But if he's getting rid of that ball quickly, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could be a lively underdog here. The BUCKS have, as long as the offensive line, which is one of their bigger weaknesses, does not become an issue in the passing game as a liability, they've got receivers, they've got an edge in talent when they throw the football. Uh, and as a result, I think they could stay in this game and potentially provide like a backdoor cover against the Vikings who operated. Uh, relatively conservatively last year, did not jump out all, on anybody pretty much. The Vikings won their games late. If Baker and the Bucks are in this game early, they might be able to ride all the way through. So Baker just can't make some mistakes, and the Bucks could be a lively underdog. Arizona has problems,
3: and they're playing at Washington against Sam and company.
6: Now, I mean, to me, Washington's a perfect teaser leg here. Uh, I know nobody wants to lay the points with Washington, nor would I advise laying the points with Washington. We're not sure what Terry McLaurin's availability is going to be yet. Uh, but I don't have a lot of confidence in the Arizona Cardinals, but guess what? Nobody else does it either. And so that's why oftentimes those types of dogs that nobody wants to back end up covering the spread and people are like, wow, I didn't realize this game is going to be that close. It certainly would be massively embarrassing under new ownership if the Washington commanders don't come out and win this game. So hopefully for their sake, they don't because everybody in the media, including myself, is going to rip on them if they lose week one to the Arizona Cardinals.
3: So we got three left. Houston, Baltimore, Rams, Seattle, and Buffalo Jets Monday night. We'll hit those quickly with Warren as we wrap it up from the MGM National Harbor. And don't forget, you can follow him at footballanalyst.com
1: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All
3: right, what do you think, Warren? Houston is in Baltimore against Lamar.
6: Yep. John Harbaugh has been excellent in week one games at home. He's also been excellent against rookie quarterbacks. Rookie quarterbacks have a 2-16 record when playing against the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. It's going to be a tough task for the Houston Texans. I'm not looking to lay the points, but potentially throw the Ravens into a money-line parlay.
3: No cup for the Rams, and they got to go see the 12th man and the Seahawks in Seattle.
6: Yeah, and the problem there is the defense of the Rams. How bad is this unit going to be? After Aaron Donald, they do not have another defensive player on their roster that was selected in the top two rounds at any point uh, in the draft. This is a team that spent $104 million on their defense in cash last year. They're spending only $55 million this year. They've gutted the roster. They don't have a lot of talent there. I'm worried about how they're going to perform week one without Cooper Cup on the road against the Seahawks.
3: All we hear about is the Jets this, the Jets that. Well, they've got the Bills on Monday night. Have fun with that.
6: Yeah, they do. Um, they've got a little bit of home cooking, too. Um, I think that they've got a great situation here playing at home. This is a team that we know they've got to start off somewhat quickly, but we also know that they've got a great defense and that defense had a lot of success last year against the Buffalo Bills. I'm interested to see if we're going to get a high enough total point scored to exceed this total because we've seen a little bit of under money coming to the market, Scott. I do believe that both of these defenses will be up to the task of trying to slow down these opposing offenses. How much chemistry will Aaron Rodgers have with players other than Garrett Wilson? week one early on in this game I think it's going to be a challenge so I think that we're going to see fewer points than is set on this game and I expect a closely competitive game maybe lean a little bit towards the Jets at this point.
3: Is there anything better than Warren Sharp Thursdays on Coast to Coast? No. Enjoy the game tonight Warren we'll see you again next Thursday and remember you're the man Warren always remember that.